Welcome to the family with Alex Brandt Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, Dave Schrader. Our special guest Lloyd Schwartz, ladies and gentlemen, his new play called Classic Couples Counseling. He always has something new coming for the Brady Bunch. Classic Couples Counseling opens April 1st at Theater West. We'll be right back with Lloyd Schwartz right after this. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. (laughs) By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Okay, we're really rocking out here. Uh, You know, 11.26 Central Time. (laughs) Moon Age Daydream. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the deal. Lloyd Schwartz is with us. Kind of a long family history, Lloyd. That's uh, that's pretty damn cool, actually. No (laughs) doubt about it. Don't you think? Well, yeah. You you know, you grow up in the business, and uh, you go into the business. Uh, My wife always says, if you're a a farmer, you'll go into farming. If you're a Schwartz, you'll go into entertainment. And here we are. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, by the way, it has the, the opening date has been moved to April 1st. Instead, originally scheduled on March 4th, you moved to April 1st because of COVID-19 concerns. Hopefully, Lloyd, would you pr- promote a show about getting to the end of all this? Because I'm really sick of it. But you, you know, I, a lot of people are, a lot of people are writing plays about COVID, and that's I think that's the last thing anybody wants to see. So um, <laughs> I won't. I won't. <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> no, I just talk about the end of it, not the whole thing. Here's the deal. Classic Couple <laughs> Counseling opens April 1st at Theater West. This production has Broadway potential. Television writer-producer of The Brady Bunch in Gilligan's Island, Lloyd Schwartz, the writer, brainchild behind this production. Matter of fact, Lloyd, you were on my morning show, I think, last week. 
I think it was last week, the week before. Oh, had yeah. Really nice, yeah, had a great time with you on the show. Yeah, I think it's very nice talking to my wife. You know, comes from Minneapolis, and so, in fact, she's in this place. She puts late in the night. And, um, and is there anything we she's do? She's not all that nice. Oh, there we go. Well, she's Here not we a very nice lady in the. She's not a nice lady in the play. Uh, she's a very nice lady outside the play. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So, what, what's it all about, Lloyd? What's the play all about? Well, it is Shakespearean characters uh, going to see a therapist, and you can imagine the kind of problems that the Hamlet and Ophelia have, and Lady Macbeth has, and, and uh, Ophelia and, and, and Hamlet. <laughs> and well, the weird, the best part about it is the therapist is not that great a therapist, and because oh. of her advice, all of them end up dead. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Lloyd. We took a little. We took a little liberty with Shakespeare there. <laughs> yeah. Honest to God. Yeah, Would you throw in a line for me? Um, let me see. Well, uh, are, we, uh, are we censored on the air here? Uh, no. No, you are nope. not. Okay. Oh, well, Ham- in the group scene, Hamlet is, uh, you know, you can't decide to do this or not to do that. And finally, Lady Me shut the fuck up, Prince. <laughs> oh God, I was drinking when you said that. Thanks a lot, Lloyd. The spit take. The spit take right there. Oh, shut the fuck. That's awesome. That's very funny. I love these turns on popular yeah. culture things where they're taking a different look at it to reinvigorate them, popularize them, and that you're giving a backstory to these characters to show how they ended up in the tragic ends that they did is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 well, I don't think Shakespeare's going to stop by, but uh, oh. I don't know. I, hope, I, I don't know how pleased he'd be with some of this. <laughs> I had a thought, and I, I'll I'll fly out yes, uh, myself. I want to I want to walk on stage and pretend to be. This is just for like one minute. I want to walk on stage okay. and pretend to be a therapist, and then I want Shakespeare to come out, and I'll just look at him and go, "Nice hat," and then I'll just leave. What do you think? <laughs> You know what? Well, if you come out and do that, we'll put it. We'll, we'll put it in. We'll put it in. <laughs> we'll get her done. That'll be one. I like that. <laughs> what, how did you get? Uh, what inspired all this, Lloyd? It's a great story. Well, I, I I go to therapy, and so I left my therapist, and I said, "Geez, I was really screwed up uh, today." And then I said, "Who are the most screwed up people?" And then I said, oh, "Shakespeare has some pretty screwed up people." And boom, there was a play. <laughs> I love that. I do. I absolutely love the. I think it's a wonderful idea, actually. Um, the chi- okay, this is going to sound kind of weird. I'm not doing a comparison here, but but I'm just thinking about Shakespeare and the current generation because I was talking oh. to some 25 to probably 25 to 32 or 33-year-olds, and we're joking around, telling jokes and all that stuff. And I said, God, that's one of Rodney Dangerfield's greatest jokes. And they said, who? I said, Rodney oh, Dangerfield. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. who's Rodney Dangerfield? I said, you know, you know who Rodney Dangerfield is. He goes, no, I never heard him. So I started naming actors. Not one of the four people had ever heard of Christopher Walken. Yeah. What's going on, Lloyd? Yeah. Why, how do you, I knew, I knew who Rudy Valley was, even though it was my great-grandmother's favorite well, act. Christopher Walken's I, still active, so yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah. But they have no idea who he is. Mm. So I, I don't know. I can't, you know, I. I know my my uh, two sons, and neither of them had heard of Johnny Mathis. Right. That bothered, that bothered me. Yeah, and then so I and because I knew like what you're talking about, I knew Glenn Miller was. You know. Right. So Absolutely. I, I can't. I can't. You know, fortunately for me, uh, the, the kind of shows that I've worked on that continue out of a life. You know, with Brady Bunch, especially. 
So everybody in any every generation knows that, but that's only because it just keeps refreshing itself. It does, but, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Next time I do it, by the way, Lloyd, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, oh, you know what? I made a mistake. It wasn't Rodney Dangerfield. It was Fatty Arbuckle. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll be much better. So I just I think it's a great idea. I mean, Lloyd, you and I have talked about this before, but I, I really do think it's a great idea. Oh. You were inspired basically just the fact that you go see a therapist. That, But how did – well, like you said, Shakespeare has a lot of great stories and – yeah, it's a very right. natural connection, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he had a great insight into people. Like if you read any of his plays, and they're all so deep. And so I just was kind of trying to mine that for this play. They don't talk, by the way, in Shakespearean terms. They talk. They don't talk in iambic pentameter. I can't even say it, let alone you write it. <laughs> <laughs> well, would it help if you said it like, iambic pentameter? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You could do that. Absolutely. Or you could just lift a line from your play and go, if you don't like it, fuck you. I like it. <laughs> I don't think Shakespeare ever said, shut the fuck up. He okay. might have. He got pretty risque at, at he points, though. He, he certainly did. Yeah. And a lot of that is in the play. Mm-hmm. You know, Especially with Petruchio and, and, and Kate. They do they do the thrills and a lot of insights at each other, and some of the actual quotes from Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Well, I am I am looking at the original transcripts here, and it says the original line was written to fuck off or not fuck off. That is the well, question. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Like, actually, Ophelia, Ophelia says, Hamlet's going to be or not to be, and that is the question. She says, okay, smart guy, first of all, to be or not to be is two questions. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that. I absolutely love that. No quite. Or, you know, you could just... Nah, never mind. I was going to go down a really weird path there. I decided against it. There's no question about it. Probably a good idea. Uh, well, we can go there. He goes, well, that's a good idea. Dr. Patricia Cataldo <laughs> is a psychotherapist with a special celebrity clientele. They're all couples from Shakespeare. She analyzes Kate and Petruchio, Macbeth, and Lady Macbeth, Romeo and Juliet, Othello and Desdemona, Hamlet, Ophelia, uh, she also has them all mm-hmm. come in for a group. Oh, they all come in. Ah, see, that's a great idea. So they all come in for group sessions as well? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And that's, that's we, in fact, when I worked with the director, we called that the dessert scene. Because right. after the first scenes where you see all these, they come in and they're all there. And it was just so much fun putting them together. Like Petruchio's trying to hit on Juliet, you know. And, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, and then that's when Lady Macbeth is. He doesn't even want to talk to these people, and and, and Othello gets upset because he's, a, you know, he's African American, like like probably African, whatever, Italian or something or Moor, and uh, he's yeah. being insulted by them, and they just all oh, it's just uh, they all get at each other, and that's eventually when the therapist says, hey, now listen, guys, go out, you've all learned something here, go go, and then the next scene, uh, she starts answering the phone, and they're all dead, each with their people reporting because because of her advice. So I'm giving the plot away. I'm telling too much, but it's, uh, I, I think you'll enjoy how it all comes out. Well, you know, we'll go through April 1st. So we, we still got another, uh, another couple of months to go before we get to April 1st. So you can, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Cause 60 days from now, people, people's memories aren't that long anymore. They're just not. <laughs> I yeah, I think you're right. About. And that's I why Lloyd's great grandson is now writing a play about TikTokers. Yep. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Good Let me plan. see. Now my great grandsons. I got a couple of grandsons. They were 
they said over here the other day, and uh, I told them, don't come in until the sun comes up. And they came in. It was perfectly black outside. They came in. It was a beautiful sunrise. And I'm looking outside. <laughs> 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 what the hell? <laughs> So they've got active imaginations, I guess, you know. Oh, God. Alex, uh, who's in studio, our daughter. Our, Andy's our son. Alex is our daughter. And Dave's a family friend in the studio. Oh. Um, but it's uh, Alex has a three-year-old son, and he asked his father uh, a couple of weeks ago, do we have access to a golf cart? I'm like, what? It's a three-year-old. <laughs> do we have access to <clears throat> Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I remember right. I asked them at that age, and I asked my father, I said, did they have television when you were alive? I asked him. <laughs> <laughs> well, did they? <laughs> when you were alive. How did he take that? <laughs> well, he remembered enough, so he kept telling me that's what I said, so I guess he took it okay. I think it is I think it is absolutely terrific. I think it's a, it's a great know, he, idea. Go ahead, sir. Sorry. <clears throat> No, I, I was just going to say, you know, you, you were inspired by things from your life, and the Brady Bunch basically was kind of how my father raised our family. And so when we did the show, and we produced together, he would represent the adult point of view, and then I would come back with the kid point of view, and that's how a lot of the scripts uh, evolved. Now, who was there an Alice in your family? Was there a maid in your family? Yes. I kind of figured that she was real. I'm so glad I asked that because I asked that. This character seems very real to me, (laughs) right? Well, we had lots of, yes, you know, we weren't a a, a, a blended family. We had four kids, and there was always a housekeeper. And usually it was different um, ethnics. We had had some black women, and we had some Japanese women, some Native American women. And um, I, I learned, you know, a lot from them. And then when we, we incorporated Alice into the show, she was uh, she always had a point of view, and it was um, uh, the kids really turned to her. And in a lot of ways, when we were growing up, they turned to our housekeepers. So it inspired that. And by the way, I got to tell you, as a kid who grew up in the ghetto, I was very jealous of the Brady house. I can tell it's your fault, Lloyd, mm-hmm. or your dad's. Maybe it's your dad's fault because I got jealous. You were jealous house. of a house that had uh, your house. You were jealous of a house that had six kids and, and one bathroom and. and and no toilet in the bathroom? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no to- That is so odd that the first flush toilet was on all in the family. What a bizarre... You didn't want to flush a toilet on the television. What is that? It wasn't from us. You know, the network, uh, the network had yeah. theories about all that. So uh, no, but but we, there was a toilet there, but it was just not seen. But you did That's have heathen... They had to go down. You did have heathen husband yeah, and wives in the same bed, you freaking weirdos. Oh, we that's did. true. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, Chris always Chris Knight always says they had to go down the street to the gas station to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That's a show, and you, we talked about the fact that it's still on uh, year after year after year. It's still a damn good show, Lloyd. It really is. Brady Bunch, I, I always enjoyed it because it was kind of, even though they had their foibles and all the rest of it and little arguments would break out, but you kind of went, man, that's a very good, that'd be a great family to grow up in. Did, did America see it that way? Yeah. Not only that, uh, we would get letters from kids saying, I'm leaving my house, I'm going to come to the movie with the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Because the dad, okay. dad would, dad would have, to, yeah, dad would have to write letters to the parents and say, "Hey, listen, this is what your kids planning." <laughs> so, so, uh, 
I suppose, yeah. Well, Tom, I can tell you, as uh, the father of a blended family, the Schrady Bunch, uh, yeah. it's not what you see on TV. There's a lot more angst and rage-filled teenagers, that's right. for sure. Well, I, I would, you know, you're, absolute, you're absolutely right. It's not the truth, <laughs> but it, it, was, it was something, and we found it was something to aspire to. And so, uh, in terms of talking things out and all. And so, you know, that's what we were putting out there. But it was, it was you know, you don't see, I mean, your family, you don't solve your problems in 22 minutes, like they do on the TV show. I try, Lloyd, so, I try. <laughs> <laughs> I give them a lifesavers, I pat them on the back and call them sport, and they still are jerks. <laughs> now, Lloyd, this you know, is it's not... Uh, it's very quickly, very quickly. I, this is not really, a, it's a little off topic, I guess, but uh, I have I have some concerns about theater because I hope we're going to be okay because many, many movie theaters are closing for good, and these are movie theaters. We're going to still have a live theater life, are we not? I hope so. Well, it's, it's for, in our particular case, it's one of the reasons we postponed the opening because right. uh, we hope by that point. And it's very well, I mean, we, we're... You have to have your your vaccination cards to come in. Everybody has to be masked. They all, the the actors are all tested every before you know before every weekend when we perform. So oh, yeah. we're we're being as careful as we can. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping people come out to see it. You know, um, and and will trust us. Uh, but we're, we're you know we are we're doing the most we can. Yeah, I, I just we I love going to the live theater. I really, really do. Uh, the talent, I mean, to perform, have to perform the thing day after day after day live and do it so well. That's that's some supreme talent right there. Oh yeah, I'm I'm amazed by actors. I, from way back when I was a stand-up uh, comedian, and my partner was a Black Panther. This goes back in the '60s and the '70s. I love it. And um, yeah, even even what we did. It just it got tiring to me after a little while, and the, act, the fact that care, actors can come into a show like this, and if it runs for a long time, and they're doing it day after day, eight days a week, mm-hmm. can you imagine being in the cast of Hamilton or something, or Les right. or something, eight days a week? My God, and uh, they make it look real. They're really good, and our this act, we have a wonderful cast in this play too. They're really good. I'm glad to hear that. By the way, you just gave me a great memory because every time I hear Les Mis, I think of being corrected on the air by a listener because I, I said I was talking about going to see Les Mis and blah, 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 blah. And she called in and said, Tom, uh, you know, I hate to do this to you because I know you're a professional and blah, blah, blah. But uh, it's actually pronounced Les Mis. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever um, you say, okay. <laughs> well, I think if she says that, she'll probably be the only one saying that because everybody well, else says Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're pretty right on the money. Yeah, Les Miz. She yeah. was she was a little uh, little beside herself that I didn't know it was pronounced Les Miz. I'm like, okay, well, you're right, and I just let her go on. Well, when she gets when she gets her own show, let her pronounce it any way she wants. Yeah, there you go. Get your own damn show and get back to me. It's just—it's a wonderful thing. Um, how, so, okay, you open April for you. You had to delay the opening almost a month. So, how about the run-throughs? How about you know the, the you know hitting the, hitting the stage and getting some you know getting your chops all straightened away? Does that cause a problem delaying it another month from where you wanted to open? How do you handle the walkthroughs, the run-throughs, all at uh, the practice time? Well, we just, uh, I guess we, we the, just moved we we moved the whole schedule back. But uh, the, oh, the only okay. thing was people were so, so anxious to get at it. I mean, we're yeah. rehearsing now. But they were so anxious to get it because everybody loves the part so much. 
So that was just it's like horse race, you know, horse athletics gearing up. So that was a little bit of a, a thing. And also during the rehearsal things, you know, everybody's wearing masks and all. And so then when you finally take them off and we get ready to the dress rehearsals and things, I mean, that would just, you know, elevate the whole thing. I mean, in terms of uh, spirit and all. I think it's fantastic. You do have a heart out, and I will honor it in one more minute. I want you to know that I don't, I'm not one of those kind of guys that goes over a lot of time. So you will, I promise you'll okay. be out on time. That work for you? Thank you very much. Yep. Not a problem. Yeah, Lloyd Schwartz, ladies and gentlemen, classic couples counseling. It opens April 1st at Theater West. The production has Broadway potential. Of course, television writer, producer of the Brady Bunch in Gilligan's Island. Lloyd Schwartz, the writer, brainchild behind this production. Online ticketing. You can go to Theater West. That's theater, T-A-R-E, by the way, T-H-E, T-H-E-A-T-R-E-W-E-S-T, theaterwest.org. Lloyd, a pleasure to talk to you again, sir, so come back soon. I love talking theater. I would love to come back. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lloyd. Have a good day, sir. Bye. Bye-bye. Lloyd Schwartz. His father, you know his father's name, right? Sherwood. Sherwood Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was thinking of changing my name to Bernard Schwartz at one time, and but I decided against it. <laughs> what do you think, Andy and Alex? How about Andy Schwartz? Well, uh, would be a pretty shorter. Name. I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't I guess it doesn't make any difference, does it? We'll take a break here. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes <laughs> with segment two of the first hour. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they were referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender it's tom and you've all heard me talk about my pillow now mike has done it again introducing my slippers wear them indoors or outdoors they are made with my pillow foam and impact gel my feet love them for a limited time mike is offering 50 percent off his new my slippers go to mypillow.com use promo code kqrs you'll also get deep discounts on all my pillow products like the giza dream bed sheets the my pillow mattress topper and my pillow towel sets mypillow.com promo code kqrs mypillow.com promo code kqrs AQRS. Catherine got back just in time for a little COVID talk. Oh, oh yay! You know what I'm saying? Hooray! Uh, so basically, we have uh, Kath- Catherine has not had it. Andy has not had it. Alex and I have both had it. Dave's had it. Well, I think I have it, but I don't know. You think you did, but you're testing negative. Well, so. my test, the test says, right underneath, your results are negative. This does not mean you don't have COVID. 
<laughs> well, there so you go. I'm a little confused. They call on that, that hedging their bet in legal yes, terms. They do. Well, that's like Fawn never tested positive, but she had she got symptoms while in quarantine with us and had like very obvious yeah. symptoms, well, and that, she yeah. tested negative at home twice, rapid once, and a PCR, all negative. And I'm like, really? she had COVID. Like, she had a headache. She had a stomach ache. She looked like a ghost and didn't move for, like, three hours one day. I was, like, very clear. She had it worse than Sage did. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, a but... weird window, I guess, for being tested that it, it can give false positives either way. So you've got to kind of be in the right place for it to be recognized. I was reading some articles yeah. about this. Our, our youngest, Max, He's, he's got the cough, he's got the congestion, headache, he's not feeling well, every test is negative. Yeah. But his two brothers, who he lived with, you know, lived yeah. with um, all the time, they're positive, mm-hmm. and it's it's the same situation. So, so. It's like he probably has it. And I feel like some people just never test, po- like, they'll have it, but they just won't test positive for some reason. It's that alien cloaking genome. It's that, it's yeah. that. Well, and I know some people that they're like, my daughter had it, and then I got symptoms, and I tested on day one of symptoms, negative. Day three of symptoms, negative. Day five of symptoms, negative. Day seven, finally positive. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, there's like a weird window. And it's a body for... that just doesn't want to commit. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But she's like, I felt absolutely horrible. And when I finally started to feel better is when I tested positive. Well, it just has to do with your, maybe it just has to do with your <clears throat> viral load. Well, so. It does, yeah. but it's weird how it's like, the people, I mean, when they feel their absolute, like this woman that I know that had this happen, she felt way worse than I ever did and kept testing negative. Well, I wonder if, if some of these people, like we have a, one of those Navage, which is basically just a fancy electric uh, neti pot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it, it you turn it on and it blows the water up and sucks it into a little tank for you. So Scary. I kept doing that during my bout with COVID just yeah. to keep myself clear because I was mm-hmm. so congested in the forehead. But I wonder if people are, you know, there are a lot of people that just do that neti pot all the time to deal with, you know, yes, um, right toxins and, and allergies. And, yeah. I'm wondering if some of those people that are testing negative all the time are neti pot users or use those saline solutions, yes, you know, that may oh, be yeah. just kind of yeah. clearing out <clears throat> that bacteria for when they go in for the dig. Yeah. Well, I, in- I intentionally didn't use the saline spray the morning before I went in later that afternoon. Are you digging in far enough you can feel the tickle in the back of your brain? I, I, those <laughs> neti pots, those are PCR. I, yeah. The yeah. neti, the neti pot just makes my brain do a weird, achy, weird thing. I can't use those. <laughs> I've never done a like, neti pot. And can't I never do it. Will. No, thank you. I, I just can't. Brain eating amoeba. Nope. Not for yeah. me. <laughs> Scares By the me. way, Dave, I can hear you thinking. Boy, you must have had that brain deal when you accepted Tom's proposal. No. I could hear it. That's Tom, right where no. he went with that. No, because I'm in the same you. situation. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't, I, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. <laughs> and I am yeah, a exactly. sinner through and through. Yeah, so I don't know if I have it, if I don't have it. I'm not going to keep testing because at this point, I guess I really don't care. See, I didn't post anything about my COVID. I didn't even go public until Tom just outed me on uh, a massive radio platform. But the only reason I did that was because I don't want people politicizing the whole, see, what does it matter? I still think the reason it was so mild for me is because I got my two shots and my booster and I sailed right through. So, yep, there you you go. That's that's, absolutely fine. Now, now there's a new stealth Omicron. 
Did of you course, hear about this one? Oh, it's the stealth. new version? What's stealth? I'm stealth. Uh, it's harder to detect, and it's just, it's mild, if not more mild. It's what you have, I bet. Yeah, maybe that's what uh, oh, yours is harder to test. It's like, like it's in the sick. Netherlands or something. It's like most of the, most of the uh, COVID thing is that now, apparently. Hmm. And it's much milder than... Well, it's not much milder. It's milder. It's, it's milder. like this. So I think the good news is this is falling apart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It now seems we've had like two it. variations that have, you know, been not not so horrible. So good. This is all good news, in my opinion. Well, each, each yeah. one brings up a new, and especially if they're weakening, it's giving you more antibodies to what's going on. We're at the point yeah. now it's not, nobody's going to be able to avoid this. You're all going to get it at some point. It's just when. You're all going to get it. You're all getting it, man. I was trying to think of the first person I know that got COVID. Uh, Do you Um, you remember? Because I don't remember who it was, the first person we It was weird. When it was first going all over the place and everybody knew somebody that had just died from it or this or that or the other, and they were so sick. Nobody had it that we knew. Right. It was so weird. And now. I had 30 people I knew. 30 people total now that have passed away due to COVID. Really? Yeah. That have really? Hurt, that yeah. have passed away? 30 yeah. people. 30 people. Oh, yeah. God. I don't We're, know a single person. Yeah, you're lucky because it sucks. Uh, oh, my God. Friends, parents, friends. Oh. Like, we had a lot of our, our um, guests from Darkness Radio passed away from uh, complications due to COVID. And, oh, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it was at one point it was like every other week I knew somebody that had passed oh, away. And God. it wasn't just like, you know, the guy who walks the dog for the guy that I know. It was, you know, my yeah. friend or, or his sibling or, or wife or something so it's it's brutal jeez well, i and guess now, that's one reason to not know very many people might be in our advantage now. yeah being i know isolated. a lot of people i'm very <laughs> social and i don't know anybody that's the, had anybody pass away the one really. thing that i think is going mm-hmm. to be the biggest um flashback from this is the schools, uh, there are, are already a few articles out that are just heartbreaking that these kids are picking up COVID at school, bringing it home. One of their parents gets it and passes. And there's been some suicides because the kids have survivor guilt for oh. feeling like they brought it to God. their parents' doorstep. And that's where I think we're going to start seeing long-term psychological oh, effects God. of this. Um, so we should be thinking of a way to start um, dealing with the mental health issues angle of this because I think there's going to be a lot of people – dealing with that remorse and that that fear i mean i've had that fear i've got three people under my roof with autoimmune issues and i've just been terrified i gotta work i gotta go do what i have to do and i'm constantly terrified i'm gonna bring something home yeah well and it's hard too because it's like for kids my kids i feel like are young enough that it's not going to affect them long term (laughs) really and their school has been very about as normal as you can be with all the COVID stuff. Um, and But I feel like there's a certain age of kid, like second to eighth grade, I'd say, where like having this happen at that age has just got, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are going to have like obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety, depression, just because like this was such a huge major thing for so many different reasons. And being right. at that age where you're so vulner- vulnerable and like trying to figure out your place in the world and it's like, oh, everything's been tipped upside down. Ugh. Max, our youngest, is going through that now. He's yeah. constantly, he's like, I don't want to get it. Mom, what if you get it? And, you know, he's so preoccupied at this young age with death and hearing about it constantly Mm -hmm. and you know when it first broke remember the news was so 
Mm. So you couldn't do anything. It was like watching yeah. the OJ, you know, uh, yeah. slow car chase. Everybody was tuned in. Every mm-hmm. channel was covering it. It was like, what's the numbers of every right. state? Every and hour how many, we're getting yeah. updates here in Minnesota. That mm-hmm. has to have a, an impact yeah. on people. Uh, and, yeah, I'm worried about our boy Max dealing with that uh, flash as well because he just <clears throat> he can't process what's going on. He's, he's, yeah. he's surviving it now, so that's good. I'm hoping that yeah. that helps to alleviate some of this pressure. But um, Yeah, well, I'll- a lot of countries are just saying that the long-term effects of this, not only on their economies, but on the people, and especially the children, are not worth locking down. Or, or They're like, we're done. They're done with mandates. They're taking off the mask mandates. They're opening their schools. They're just like, we have to learn to live with this. Right. The, the virus isn't that bad anymore. We're seeing hospitalizations are going down. Amongst the vaxxed and the deaths are going down. We just have, because the kids are just really suffering. Somebody I was just talking to the other day, her kid was in remote school and was getting C's and D's. This is a straight A student all the time. C's and D's. Can't remember anything. Hates sitting there on the computer all day long. Yeah. Kids are are suicidal because they can't do any of their activities. Um, So it's far reaching. It's yeah, it takes. Just, yeah, it, it it's really bad, and it's. It, I think now that we're in this Omicron phase, I think it would be safe to say let's not double down on all of these mandates. Yeah, and right, it's like it takes right. such a specific type of child to be able to do distance learning. Yeah, yeah probably true because I wouldn't pay attention. I, I would have been that. horrible at distance yeah, learning. I would have been. I would have hated it. So much. And if I couldn't have, like, gone to dance class and done all my stuff, I would have been absolutely miserable. And I feel so bad. And I, my sister-in-law is a special education teacher. And so they, a lot of the times the students, her students don't really need to wear a mask because they have difficulties keeping them on. And she's like, I can't do my job while wearing a mask. Um, because them seeing her mouth is such an important part of their social emotional development mm-hmm. yeah. like seeing yeah. her whole face is really important so she's like we just don't have the mask situation as much and but when they were doing distance learning her students are so used to like one-on-one attention and everything she said that at the beginning of this year her special ed students were farther ahead in math and reading than the gen ed students because the gen ed students just did not it did not actually go into their brain when they were in distance learning she was like none of them retained any of it she's like it's basically like last year just didn't even happen even though they were like doing the school every day and completing the assignments and all the stuff she's like they did not retain any of it and my special ed students did because it's so much more one-on-one and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And that's, oh. well, I, I, I've taken, has anybody here taken classes online? Well, yes. Andy has. I yeah, sure yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm, I took online classes for real estate for years and I would, every year I'd be looking at what I did. I'm like, I took that class. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I mean, I could always just ace the test after watching it, but then it would just, it didn't stick in my head at all. Well, the real estate stuff is, I I mean, I was also a realtor briefly, and yeah, that was always like that, because they make you take so much um, CE, and a lot of it is just not relevant to anything. You already already know it, or it's completely, uh, like, it's not something you'll ever use. Yeah. 
That's not, well, that's true. But so. if, I, I just feel like if you're in a real class and you're talking to people, <clears throat> you just remember things so much better than just spitting it out on a test and See, moving on. I was the flip flop growing up. I had I was so social. I was a butterfly. I could. I was so focused on the cute girl two rows ahead of me, or my buddy sitting next to me, that mm. I learned nothing. Yeah, I actually I was like that. I went to this thing called the Ombudsman Institute um, in uh, junior year because I was failing out, and the teachers are like, "We know he's not stupid because he doesn't pay attention in class and does no homework, but he's getting B's or A's on his tests. So we know he's not like somebody stupid. We know. So you've got to maybe. So I went to this Ombudsman Institute where I could learn at my own pace, and it was all computer. And this was back in the '80s, right? So I had that really crappy blue screen and the digital yeah. right. But I did that, and I would, you know, I do the Constitution in four days, mm-hmm. where my my contemporaries in class are taking three weeks to learn the Constitution, then take the test, yeah. mm-hmm. and then they've forgotten everything they learned in the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was killing at it at huh. my own rate. It's mm-hmm. it's not. But, I mean, I still had to go to a classroom setting, and there yeah. was still a teacher there making sure that I was doing something. Yeah. Sitting in your room, and we had kids yeah, from home, so many different yeah. schools under our roof, we had to keep them separated. Yeah. And um, my, I, I'm happy that, that distance learning is over for more of a selfish reason because I never knew what time their damn live parts were, and oh, it yeah. never failed. I'd come walking on the stairs and go, God damn it, the dog shit on the carpet. <laughs> and then all of a sudden my Cassie would be like, shh. Max is unalive, and then I'd hear the teacher. Can everybody mute their mics, please? <laughs> or then I'd come down and I. You became I, that dad. Yeah, I'm that, that guy. That I'd be the guy coming down in my uh, boxer shorts and uh, mm. t-shirt to make a sandwich, and realize that one of them is in the middle of class, and I'm now in the background the on their video. Table. Oh yeah. God! Oh my gosh! Yeah. What is? It's really interesting how kids learn so differently. Like even I had Fawn's parent-teacher conference last night. She's in kindergarten. And her teacher was like, sometimes she just is not there. Mm-hmm. She's like, she completed, she's like, three days ago, she completed an entire book, reading full sentences, doing everything that was asked of her, no problem. She's like, today, we, part of the reading class was was something so simple as one of the questions was, this is a blue hoop, write the letter that you hear at the beginning of hoop. Which it's something that she definitely can do. Wait, can and you it repeat was... that slower? <laughs> yeah. What was that? Yeah. What was that? The blue is which color? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. And what so it? it was. It was like five questions like that, and she's like, she didn't even res- she didn't even respond to any of them. She didn't even write an answer. And she, so she was talking to me about. She was like, "What do you think that is?" And she's like, "I've tr- like we do one on one work with kids that seem to be struggling with things." And she's like, "And I've had." Fawn do one-on-one work since you guys were gone from COVID so she could kind of catch up a little bit. And she's like, every single time the teacher that does the one-on-one work is like, oh, yeah, she knew everything. It was great. But she's like, sometimes she's just as, like, completely checked out. Yeah, I was like that in the classroom. Yeah, and I'm like... I, I was either tired or just distracted. And that's what or I, I just said. I was, like, I was like, maybe she, and she started full days at school. And I was mm. like, maybe it's because she, when she was doing half days, she didn't feel like she was part of the community a bit. And so she felt kind of overwhelmed by everything. Maybe something happened at recess that she's still kind yeah. of mentally there. Mm-hmm. And not in reading. Maybe she, you know, I'm like, could well, wait, be. Wait till they get older. Our teachers uh, have sent us emails. Oh, we have a big test coming up this week. Make sure to send your child with a couple sticks of gum. And I'm like, sticks of gum? 
if they chew gum while doing the test, they're able I've to focus that. better. Yeah, I've heard that. And then really? they were allowing those fidget spinners in class, mm-hmm. which oh, sounded God. so stupid to me. I'm like, why? I would have, I'd have been flying a UFO around yeah. the class. But I guess for the kids that are are, mm-hmm. are distracted easily, like they need to if they're spinning something. it while they're listening, yeah. they focus more. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Yeah, I can see that. That's crazy. Yeah. Chewing gum and playing with a fidget spinner. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, all the normal kids, those jerks ruin it for us, right? <laughs> I've always been someone that can spinner. just, I, I, I can check out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. In the right, middle uh, of a conversation, I just kind of go right into here? this. Yeah. I do. I do it. I do it all the time. It's it's hard. Starts I understand the checking out. I understand. Yeah. Easy to do. I understand that Officer Dave got his. Uh, he went through police academy purely online. He's, yeah. He's never really? actually right. been in a police cruiser before. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. That's exactly. You're exactly correct. Officer Dave, well, did you have to use really. duck hunt as your mostly. as your uh, target practice then? <laughs> <Not> Actually, <laughs> there were police issued you know, back NES in the day, games. I was pretty good yeah. using that. I was yeah. pretty good using that light gun. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> exactly. And then the little dog comes up and laughs at yeah. you when you miss. What? Uh, that, no, I have to take. I have to take. Oh, yeah. Duck Hunt is awesome. Mm-hmm. That, that harkens back to the old uh, Nintendo, what is it, 90, Super Nintendo or whatever it was? That was oh, the yeah. NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Ooh. That's it. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yep. There you yeah, go. Super yep. Nintendo had the oh. Super Scope, which was different. You can't ask Andy oh, what the letter that's... of the second word was in Blue Hoop, but he knows <laughs> the history of yeah. digital video game systems. Oh, yeah. Well, you see, it all started when the deluxe set came out with the gray zapper. They didn't like that, so they changed it to orange. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's pretty much Andy in a The continuing education, I have to do that every year to keep my, mm-hmm. my police license up. Um, and it honestly is the same ten classes every year. Yep. Yeah. That's how real estate was. So, so it's it's literally you know okay this one how fast can I click through it? Give me the test. Um, and then I spent some time as a volunteer firefighter, and so I knew all the hazmat stuff. I could whip through. I could whip through the one that everybody complains about in fifteen minutes and be done. And get a hundred percent on, and they'd be like, "You suck! You why are you doing that so fast? Why are you making so fast?" I'm like, "But it's simple." Were you working with the Muppets? So, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Who's the scariest person? Dave, Dave, you, you laugh. I am twenty years older than the next oldest person in the department. Oof. Wow. What? Yep. He's got seniority. We have yeah. Babies working here. It's like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. So, and but, my grandfather yeah, no, was, was, just, a, was a first sergeant in the World War II for the 82nd Airborne, and they all called him Pops because he was the oldest and he was 22. <laughs> hey, Pops. I mean, my grandpa like was Pops. 16, so, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So I have a question for you, uh, no. Officer Dave. Yes, sir. Did you happen? Did you happen to hear Joe Kenda on the morning show this morning? I did, and I was enthralled by it. God, he's great. I love that guy. One of the great police thought, detectives oh, in America. You what? I had like seven questions pop up in my head while they were go- while he was on, and then it's like, oh crap! I'll never remember these questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I ever got a chance to talk? To. Maybe, but yeah, it just. 
it was like, wow. And like you said, you could completely tell. He's like, yep, people, uh-huh. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> I know. It was wonderful. Uh, Joe Kenda, for people <laughs> that don't know, had his own TV show called Homicide Hunter, Lieutenant Joe Kenda. And now he's got American Detective as a second run at it. Uh, he's been on uh, television for 11 years. He's a great cop. Real? Don't you think he's just a great cop? He's a great image for cops. You can you can kind of tell by listening to someone, Dom, I've learned, who is good and who isn't. Yep. He doesn't brag about what he's done. Nope, never. Like, you, know, you, get all, you get all these babies that, well, I arrested this guy and I arrested that guy. And I'm like, <clears throat> okay, you're two years in on a 30-year career. Calm down. All right, we only got two minutes left in this. Only two minutes left in this segment. I, I, for guys that don't know, I got to announce it because it made me very, very sad. But uh, Peter, the guy who voiced Charlie Brown, he was the voice of Charlie Brown, killed himself last night. Oh, yeah. What? He was the one that did uh, the. What was it? Uh, Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and the Thanksgiving. One. Okay, he yep. was the voice. What? That's sixty-five. From that's a very strange age to commit suicide. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's, he's had some trouble with the law, like about three years ago. Oh. Yeah, he got out of prison for for threatening to kill somebody, and oh, yeah, right. he got kind of wacky wow. in the end. Okay. That oh. bipolar disorder is a real thing. Yeah. Oh, like, and he was. Not, if it's not. Con- Apparently he was also yep. paranoid schizophrenic. So oh God, that'll, yeah. that'll do it. Yeah, unfortunately. Indeed, he he saw his own cartoons then, huh? I guess so, or heard Still, them yeah. anyway. Or heard them anyway. <laughs> yeah, it made me very sad because I mean I, I just you know I'm talking to Joe Kenda this morning and just having a ball because I love the guy. He's a great cop, does a great job on the show. Next story pops up: Peter Robbins dead, killed himself. Like, ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, he just got, he had literally just gotten out of prison, apparently. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, it made me sad, too. I grew up with, I grew up watching Charlie Brown, too. I'm telling you, being in showbiz as a kid, it's bad for your psyche. I agree, 100%. So. All right, we got to take a break so. here. Officer Dave, try to go arrest somebody and just pound on him <laughs> for me, will you? It's a great idea right now. Just for now. you, Tommy. I'll sacrifice my career. Yeah. You betcha. <laughs> Just for you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Officer Dave. Sounds good, guys. See ya. Love you. Love you too, pal. We'll be back with Hour 2.